Welcome, everyone, to another episode of What Exit Jersey Stories. I'm your host, Nick Franco, and with me, as always, Peter Riario. And with us today, Pete, would you like to introduce our special guest? Yes, our special guest in the house is my bass player from the wonderful band Wine a Monkey, Mike Donnelly, and of many other famous, uh, you know, outfits as well. <laughs> right, Mike? Yes. Instruments, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> famous in my own mind. Exactly. There you go. Well, actually, you know, like, um, what what are some of the bands that you uh, both guys um, you've both been in so far? I know, yeah, I know. Of course, Wind Up Monkey. The original was Nothing Human, right, Mike? Yes, sir. What year was I, that when we started? Uh, two thousand one. Uh, two thousand. We got together and gigged in No One the first time. Yeah. Beamer. Twenty year anniversary. <laughs> the, the, that'll be happening soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then after that, you know, whatever, uh, Mike went on to some cover projects, and so did I. Uh, and you guys also did a project together. Uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, Far, Far From, from okay. okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Still a work in progress, right? <laughs> I, was, I was writing last night, Petey. There you go. Awesome. Nice. Nice. Can't wait to hear that stuff. And there was the men from Nantucket. Let's not forget them. Oh, yes. Nah, there there once was we'd, that. We'd be remiss. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, we're, we're still on iTunes with our uh, Far From OK uh, records. So any, any of our, you know, um, 100 million listeners can go and get it now. And we're going to become superstars on that. <laughs> Superstar. Superstars and Spotify. Go on, uh, Nick. Let's uh, let's kick this well, off. Okay, uh, let, let's get it started in here. Oh wait, no, that was the other night. Uh, J- John Ross had on uh, Taboo oh, from the Black Eyed Peas. on from the Black Eyed Peas, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. J- just so you know, Mike, uh, one of the other podcasts that uh, comes through a shared universe uh, network. Mm-hmm. Um, the the guy has a brewery, which w- once everything is over, you know, like we, we, we'll all uh, ch- check out. Uh, <laughs> and um, it's a uh, Ross Brewery down in uh, Red Bank, uh, Red Bank, Red Bank, okay. and um, he's got a uh, podcast, Point Blank Podcast, that they had Sabu from the Black Eyed Peas on <laughs> last week. Wow, uh, cool! You know, t- t- talking about uh, actually more uh, t- talking about more uh, comics and uh, toys and things. You know, he was on I think Toys That Made Us and some some fun some fun things like that. Yeah, I missed that one. You know, so when it's safe to leave the house in three years, we'll. Uh... We'll exactly. get together, together. <laughs> have some brews with him. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We're going to try and do an IPA episode and ask, uh, you know, maybe if John could, uh, you know, join us uh, for that. Because that's something oh, well, that you're well-versed in, aren't you, uh, Mike? A little bit? Uh, uh, very, very much so. And as well, far as drinking them is concerned, yes. Yeah. As yeah. Far as, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, there's plenty of uh, breweries, you know, breweries, microbreweries around this place. And in, in fact, in, in our town, because uh, I believe you're in the same town that I am, aren't you, Mike? Yeah, I probably walked past your house a couple dozen times in the last uh, last two months. So. Oh, yeah. Now, which one do you hit? Do you, do you hit elementary uh, elementary or do you hit a uh, hack and sack brewing? Uh, they're both lovely. Oh, there we go. They're yeah, I, I've been I've been hitting more of the Hackensack Brewing uh, lately, but uh, yeah, elementary is good as well. Yeah, yeah the fridge is stocked with both. So nice, nice. <laughs> more of an intimate feeling there in elementary, like family. Oh yes, oh yes. You know, yes, yes. When when you come to elementary, you are family, and and and, and not that family associated with you know northern New Jersey that type of uh, like the ground uh, around idea. family when that used yeah to exactly it. yeah, yeah. Not, not 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 the other type. Right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, t- t- today, 
Why don't we talk about New Jersey and music? Okay, we're, 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 we're going to hop in because New, New Jersey has a very long history of uh, music, musical artists, um, musical milestones. And, um, well, you know, for, first one, I guess, being uh, Edison with the phonograph. But um, <laughs> we, we touched on that last time. Didn't we? Oh, no, no. We were actually going over uh, his, his other uh, invention, the kinetoscope, you know, the, yeah, and, well, and the advent of the motion picture. <laughs> just, you know, specifically about Thomas Edison and, uh, you know, a name alone, not the, what I mean, so much the. Yeah. Yeah. The invention of the kinetoscope. Right. Right. Yeah. But but again, you know, ph phonograph was a uh, an interesting one. And yeah, it was a uh, Def Leppard song, too, wasn't it? Phonograph. Sure was. <laughs> <laughs> but. um. What? And uh, Nickelback. Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> Look at this photograph. <laughs> when you guys think of New Jersey and you think of music, what do you think of? Well, I think you we covered it at this. I think we covered it at the start of this uh, this episode, right? Nothing human. Yes. Wind oh, up monkey. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, of course. Oh, of course. All right. <laughs> of course. You want to get my. No, I defer to you, Petey. Um, well, I mean, my mind immediately goes Frank Sinatra, Hoboken's own. Oh, yeah. And um, and then, of course, you know, it, it followed by John Bon Jovi and uh, Bruce Springsteen. Not necessarily in that order. They, they, they are kind of like the Holy Trinity of Jersey, aren't they? Yeah, that's who I would say. But be, besides the, the Holy Trinity, what are like the acts that you – definitely associate with Jersey or like, or just some of your favorite acts from Jersey. Um, oh boy. I mean, there would be a kind of like an unknown bands. Um, maybe not so much unknown. I mean, I used to go see trickster back in the day. Um, and, uh, TT quick. I mean, these are like hard rock outfits, you know? Oh yeah. Billy Milano and MOD. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, nice. From Jersey. Yeah. Whatever that was before SOD, the Stormtroopers of Death. Exactly. <laughs> I wonder if it is resonating with anyone. <laughs> I was going to say, wasn't that the um, the old uh, Headbangers Ball um, theme? Uh, Stormtroopers yeah. of Death. Yeah. It was. Yep. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, Mike, that's the mind. Mike, who who do you uh, associate, or like, who are some of your Jersey favorites? Yeah, you know the weird thing is right. So obviously, you talk about the the Holy Trinity that Pete just mentioned. And honestly, none of the three of them really do a ton for me. I guess for me, they're not really bands from Jersey, but, you know, my growing up in the 90s and love in 90s music, two of my favorite bands were Stone Temple Pilots and Tonic, and the DeLeo Brothers are from Jersey. So even though STP oh, is in a Jersey yeah. band, nice, the DeLeo nice. Brothers, right? And then um, the lead singer and the chief songwriter for the band Tonic is from New Jersey as well. Oh, cool. so his name was right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so for me, um, I don't know that there's a single band that like kind of completely spoke to me from from Jersey, but those are musicians from Jersey that um, definitely were inspiring for me. Mm. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah I think I more like the '90s genre was your bread and butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, people you know. were you know '80s uh, ch children of the '80s, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um, 
Yeah. So, so I, I think, you know, like we, we got I think all of us are inspired or, you know, like influenced by the, the Jersey sound throughout the years, you know, be, be it starting with Sinatra, going to Bruce Bon Jovi and that the, the sound trickles down and you know it, it morphs into the, the new sounds that we get. You know, you, you get sounds like, say, like Fountains of Wayne. You get sounds like. You know, like like what you were saying, Pete. Some of like you know the the, the metal bands and hard rock bands that mm-hmm. have you know sprung from New Jersey. Uh, what well, wasn't? I'm trying to remember. Was uh, the band? I'm I'm going back to the '80s again. Was it was the band Mucky Papa Jersey? Uh, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. Won, they, there was a cartoon by Burt Breathed called Bloom County. Yeah, and they had it was a insanely popular cartoon uh, worldwide. I would say essentially say. I think um, it was called the comic strip though too. Yeah, right. And uh, they had a contest, I remember, right, for writing a song for that comic strip, I believe, something to that effect. And um, Mucky Pup, actually, I used to go see them back in the China Club. uh, Yep, Hillsdale, New Jersey. Yeah, and Mucky Pup used to play there, and the singer would hang out at the bar, and I talked to him. But yeah, they actually won that contest, and uh, yes, they 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 became the sound of Billy and the Boingers bootleg. Yeah, right, right. Because the Penguin had a band, I remember. Yeah, like o- that. Opus Crocus, yes. And I even think, the, if I'm not mistaken, the book had like one of those vinyl inserts that you could play on your phonographs yes, of the Muckin' song, you know. So it, I'm sure it's on YouTube, that song. It was yeah. actually yeah. pretty good. You, you stink, but I love you. Yeah, that was it, right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and then there was the, the some of their other uh, anthems. Yeah, you know, like uh, again, didn't make the, uh, the the little vinyl in there, but if you remember mm-hmm. the comic strip, uh, some of their other uh, anthems were uh, "Let's Roll Over Lionel Richie with the Tank" and you know, and, and other uh, great love songs like that. Clever. Uh-huh. <laughs> but. Yeah, you know, the, the, Jersey definitely has a sound, though. I think, like, I don't know if you. You, you you would agree, but I don't. Do, do you agree? I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Is there like a Jersey sound? I mean, I would say more. Mm. Um, if, if you know, in some of like the, the the lyrics, perhaps there's a sort of like a vibe, a mood that is yeah, a, a feel. Yeah, and and that that's what I would. If you're gonna you know speak of like the Jersey sound, that's what I would attribute that to. Maybe not so much, you know, like in that people are influenced by a Jersey sound, you know, like the Beach Boys, right? Had that uh, mm-hmm. that specific sound that you know may, may have um, influenced people, uh, influenced musicians, or right. yeah, the grunge scene, right? Um, or, so. or the Beatles, you know, they they had. I, I think they had a Ooh. sound. The the I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it was uh, the Bugaloos. I don't know. It was something bug related. Yeah. Hmm. Well, when discussing Jersey, the Jersey sound, as I said, there is that holy trinity and such. Uh, today, yeah, some of the focus we're going to actually put on one of those influences, and we'll we'll learn a bit as we uh, as we talk about it, and uh, you know, we, we, we will discuss um, t- today's subject. Actually, is um, was born in Mammoth. Let's see. If I, let, let, let me get uh, get my notes here. The Mammoth Medical Center in Long Branch. Nick Jonas. No, I think the Jonas Brothers are from Wyckoff, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Bergen yeah. County. Woo-hoo. You are correct on that. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I know because like, there's a church in Wyckoff, and like that they used to 
I, when I was watching the documentary on him, it was ridiculous. Was just yes, like, the Church of Jonas. I, I don't know what church it was, but I, I passed that church like a hundred times, and apparently they live like within walking distance of it. So every time I pass it, I just think of, uh, like, you know, yeah, that that unholy trio. Just kidding. I love the Jonas Brothers. Um, no, they, they, they're cool. Yeah, may may not be as into their music, but hey, yeah, I give them props. They play they play their instruments, you know, right, and, and write their own songs, and write their own songs, right. So, but yeah, so uh, uh, this person is born in Monmouth Medical uh, Center, right? Yep. Yeah, th th this person uh, also uh, ha has some uh, good accolades. Yeah, he's a Grammy Award winner. He's actually won an, uh, an Academy Award, two Golden Globes, and a Tony. Mm -hmm. any, any idea? Oh, I know already. I'll tell you oh. this thing. I know this. I, I almost guarantee that he won the. Um, no, wait. Uh, but, 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 say it again. It was an Oscar or Tony, the EGOT, and a Grammy. The Grammy was for the Streets of Philadelphia, was it not? Uh. <laughs> He, well, that was you know one one of the songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nineteen more on those. But um, yeah, he, he won twenty Grammys. But the the, the Academy Award was uh, the, the I think you're thinking the Oscar was for Streets of Philadelphia. Yeah, I think I, I had that little flip right. The, yeah. It was for the movie Philadelphia, is that right? Right, and it was the, the song about uh, cream cheese, right? The spread of Philadelphia. The, the, yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, so, Mike, any idea uh, who we might be talking about? Oh, God. Who wrote Philadelphia? Mm. Oh. Rocky screen. Balboa. I know. I need another hint, guys. <laughs> need another hint. <laughs> um, he, he grew up in Freehold. Okay. He, mm. and, his, and his last name is, from, with... is, is of Dutch origin and means jumping stone. Wonder what my last name means. Does it rhyme with uh, Lingschmin? <laughs> very close. Very close. <laughs> Lynchmean, that's my lawyer. How do you know? <laughs> oh yes, yes, Harvey Lingschmin. I know. I know him well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Today we'll, we'll we'll start out a bit of the Holy Trinity and you know like some of the uh, history of Jersey, uh, uh, particularly the you know the the rock side of things. Um, with Mr. Bruce Springsteen, and um, do you do, do you know uh, what his real name is? Uh, Bruce Hornsby. Yes. Uh, yeah. And and D Range. Yes. Hmm. No. no. It, it it's Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. The, oh, the, the, okay. No 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 changing the uh, name to. Uh... Trick question. Yes. Exactly. Thought I'd throw that one in there to see uh, if you were uh, paying attention. No, I am. But yeah, you know, Mr. S uh, Springsteen. You know, from Freehold. Um, in in fact, uh, back in his old high school, he was known as the uh, the the loner who wanted nothing more than just to play his guitar, be left alone. And it even graduated when Amen. he graduated. He felt like such an outsider. He even skipped the ceremony. <laughs> wow. So yeah, the the, the beginnings of Mister Springsteen's uh, career were you know, you know, a little uh, off. You know, there. Uh, you know, Little isolated, but um, you, you know he was also drafted into the U.S. Army when he was nineteen, but he failed yeah. the exam. <laughs> so that's why, uh, yeah, right around that time, then it was Vietnam, was it not? Yep, exactly. He, yeah, he actually uh, he was conscripted 
conscripted uh, to join the U.S. Army, but when they tested him, uh, the physical examination turned up he could not serve because he actually had a concussion when he was 17 driving a motorcycle. Wow. I, I was going to say bone spurs, but go on. <laughs> well, let, let, let's dive into uh, how did Bruce become Bruce, though? Um, he became interested in music and songwriting and playing an instrument when he saw Elvis and also the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. So question, guys, being that you guys are musicians, what are like what inspired you guys to do music? Uh, Mike, let, let's go to you first. Um, I just like music a lot. And I guess I'm, I'm just the type that uh, if I like something, I, 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 I get into it. I, I'm, I'm usually not a spectator on the, on the things that interest me. So when I really got into music, I decided I didn't want to just listen to it. I wanted to create it. So uh, I think it's just a function of my personality. Um, awesome. Yeah. Was there a like, like, artist that made you want to pick up guitar, you know, and start um, songwriting, anything like, you know? I just wanted to be in a band, you know? I just wanted to be in a band. So um, there was so much good music in the mid-90s, early 90s when I started playing. I, I started out as a drummer, to be honest with you, and I just sucked at it. So um, I, I guess I just kind of wanted to be in a band, and it was the easiest route to it. I don't know that I really took up songwriting until a little bit later. So while, you know, Bruce, I guess you're telling, you know, you're, we're saying that, you know, he saw Elvis and, and, and um, the Beatles on Sullivan and those were, you know, sort of poignant moments for him. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know if I had that singular moment so much as I, there was just so okay. much good music and I wanted to be a part of it. Right. But, but would you consider like, are there any bands that you would consider your earliest influences though? Well, I always had music in the house growing up, and it was a lot of the oldies and 60s and stuff that my parents would listen to. And so um, the Beatles, for sure. I absolutely love the Beatles, and I almost appreciate awesome. them more now, but it's just they're, they're a soundtrack to my childhood. And um, and then as I got into you know high school and stuff like that, you know all the great music that, of that time. But you know, uh, I know we covered this in an earlier podcast. I actually talked about it yesterday on my, my own Facebook page that uh, – you know, Alice in Chains was just the, that was the one that just spoke to me uh, amongst all of it. And I was like, holy, holy moly, this, this is what I, this is what I want to do. So um, I guess if the Beatles and Bruce, uh, the Beatles and Elvis were, were that for Bruce, it would probably be the Beatles and Alice in Chains for me. Nice, nice, nice. Now, 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 which album was that? I, I, I did see it on uh, Facebook, but um, what, what was the one you said was, oh, that was influential? Yeah, that was Dirt. Dirt. Yeah, dirt. Yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I was going to say the, the, the AIC definitely has a, a bunch of uh, great albums, but uh, they that, do. that is definitely uh, one of the tops among. They do. But when I heard that one, it just, man, it just sounded so different from everything else. That, I mean, s similar. It was of the time, but different than everything else. It just was its own thing. And it, man, it just blew me away. Right. Cool. Cool. Well, back to Mr. Springsteen, like uh, after getting inspired, like, you know, first he uh, his mom had rented a uh, guitar for him, but then finally he wound up buying his own uh, guitar at the Western Auto Appliance Store. And um, I buy all my guitars. That's what that's where everyone buys their guitar. Yeah. And then he actually, as what Mike was just talking about, he, he just he formed a band 
called the Rogues, and they played like some of the local uh, like Elks Lodges uh, over in Freehold. Huh. So, here's a question for you: What was your first band? Well, for me, it was nothing human. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I was a late bloomer. What about you, Mike? Oh man, you know, I I messed around with it with a couple. Um, I don't know. If there was anything official. I was in the lubricated gerbils in in late in high school, early college. <laughs> okay. I would consider that my first band, even though I kind of messed around with a couple others here and there. One or two as a drummer, which was a disaster, and then maybe one or two. But that probably would be the <laughs> be the first one where I really learned how to play bass and rehearsed and jammed and awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well, uh, Mr. Springsteen went on uh, from uh, from playing with the Rogues and Freehold. Uh, His his mother took out a loan to actually buy him a better guitar, a a Kent guitar, which he actually uh, later uh, memorialized in his uh, song, The Wish. And uh, he actually created another uh, or actually became part of another band, the the Castiles, uh, with the help of Texan Marion uh, Vineyard. Uh, who actually sponsored some of the young bands in town over in Freehold. So, yeah, he, he, he actually was onto his second band already. What, and th- th- this was in his teen years. Then, um, then he actually wound up pl- uh, playing in Earth and started playing some of the local Jersey clubs, including um, when he actually was a, a little older, uh, actually, in the late 60s, with some of his other bands, he actually wound up playing at a club in Asbury Park called the Upstage Club. Now, the Upstage Club uh, only lasted, I think, a few years, and I think there's a documentary about it. I, I have to uh, look it up again, but um, that's actually where a lot of the South Jersey, or like the Jersey Shore musicians that we know about, such as, okay, Bruce, Southside Johnny and some of them, they all kind of like cut their chops at the upstage club and met each other. And this is why you actually have a lot of these relationships that we know, like later on musically that it's like, oh, okay, you know, this this one knows this one. And and just basically how did the E Street band come to be? Well, a lot of those guys, they just all jammed together and played together at that club. So. You know, but Bruce jumped uh, band to band. It was in Steel Mill, and he he was in Doctor Zoom in the Sonic Boom, the Sundance Blues Band, and then finally the Bruce Springsteen Band. And he, you know, he caught the eye of uh, a, a couple of uh big people there, who went on to actually be his managers, Mike Appel and Jim Kritekos, uh, uh, and they took them under uh, their wings and they went to Columbia records and uh, sought out John Hammond, the talent scout who uh, basically auditioned Bruce in May of 72. And Bruce was signed by the legendary. Okay. If I say Columbia records, do you know who, uh, who, who was the big man at Columbia? Um, I'm going to guess Clive Davis. You are correct, sir. Clive Davis. Clive Davis uh, Whitney Houston's, um, Handler also? Yes. Uh, yeah. Clive Davis throughout the years is has signed and, you know, b- 
been instrumental in giving us a lot of uh, influ- uh, instrumental music makers throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Again, early on, you you know you had here uh, here you had Bruce, you had I think Dylan, who also Hammond was uh, the talent scout that found uh, M- Mr. Dylan, and so because of this uh, connection. When people first started hearing of Springsteen, and it's like they were just thinking of Dylan because it's like, okay, here's this guy, supposedly he, uh, this really good songwriter, because that was one of the things that set Bruce apart, his his lyrics, and um, uh, what, what do you call it? People are like, oh, songwriter signed, um, found by John Hammond, signed by Clive Davis. Oh, you got to be talking about Dylan, but no, nope, they were talking about the kid from Jersey this time, so. October of 72, Springsteen formed a band called. To anyone want to take a guest? Um, Bruce and the Spring Chickens. I don't know. <laughs> you got a guess, Mike? No, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. well, you didn't, today, they, did, they didn't have a name to begin with. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> so, Mike, you are right. <laughs> oh, dang! They they actually would be uh, be renamed the E Street Band, um, in September of seventy four. But the the early one they were doing their initial uh, album, they actually had no band. It was just Bruce Bruce Springsteen. And do you know um the first album that Bruce uh, put out? Um, boy. No. Um, um is not the uh, album that was. Uh, I I'm think you're thinking of Umagama by Pink Floyd. I know some like the later ones, but uh, I don't know if I know the uh, the initial one. How, how about you, Mike? I have absolutely no idea. Okay, well, uh, but Bruce has this cool one that um, is kind of like a memorialized uh, postcard that you know people know. Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. That became the first album of uh, Bruce Springsteen. And um, and ar- around this time, also, Bruce Springsteen got a nickname. The nickname was the Boss. And hmm. do you know why he was called the Boss? That, that I, I do not know. I'm sure it, Mike it, definitely knows. I was going to say it has <laughs> nothing to do. It has nothing to do with Tony Danza. Just so you know. Okay. Right. right. He uses Ooh. Boss pedals. Yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> that, that would be cool, though. That would be cool, but no, that wasn't the uh, mm. <laughs> wasn't the reason. Uh, basically, d- during this time, when um, when the band would play at at the different clubs, he would collect the the pay and distribute it, you know, evenly amongst uh, the band. So they all just start calling him boss. And um, apparently, also the other possible origin of the uh, the nickname the boss came from. The games of Monopoly that Springsteen would play with the other Jersey Shore musicians. Apparently, Springsteen was good. Oh, yeah, but probably because he, he controlled the bank. That's why. And he'd like, you know, slip a couple hundred in his sock, you know. <laughs> so if you wanted that free parking jackpot, you had to go through Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, Greetings from Asbury Park came out in January 73, had some of the big um, songs that we actually know from Bruce, such as Blinded by the Light, Growing Up, Spirit in the Night, and 
was a critical success, but not necessarily a financial success. So they went on to do their second album, which came out in November 73. Um, do, do you remember when bands used to put out albums that quick? Uh, boy, yeah, because, I mean, we're talking the same literally like six months later, right? If that. Uh, well, no, no, not six months, several uh, months. But yeah, same year. <laughs> same year, right. I don't know that ever. I don't recall that ever being a thing in my lifetime, honestly. Yeah. Right. Well, at this you know t- time in the music scene, particularly you know the Jersey music scene, you know they they were trying to push them out quick. And yeah. uh, the second album, the Wild, the Innocent, and the E Street Shuffle was released with uh, some of the songs such as Fourth uh, of July, Asbury Park, Sandy, and Rosalita come out tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came out on the second album, and it was a little less folksy, more of a kind of like an R&B, R&B vibe, and started producing what people started calling, hey, you know, you, you know that Jersey sound? Well, th- this is where people started actually putting a finger on, huh, okay, wait, we, we, we're getting something. We're getting this particular feeling from this music that's coming out, because also had Bands like, uh, as I mentioned before, Southside Johnny, the Asbury Jukes, they were around at this time. And hey, wait, you know, we have some similarities. It's not the same, but there's definitely a vibe going on. Hmm. So they they really started hitting that with that second album. Um, Actually, after one of Bruce's performances uh, at the Harvard Square uh, Theater up in uh, Boston, the uh, music critic John Landau, not to be confused, it, it's 1999. Nope, not confused. Uh, yeah, and not uh, to be confused with. Um, but what, what what was the guy that uh, was in Ed Wood there, Pete? Oh, Johnny Depp. No, 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 not Johnny Depp. Uh, Landau, the guy that uh, won what the Academy Landau? Award. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, the music critic, yeah, put put out this uh, yeah op piece saying. I saw rock and roll's future. Its name is Bruce Springsteen. And and in a night when I needed to feel young, he made me feel like I was hearing music for the first time. Now, why I talked about that little, you know, music critic uh, piece here is, uh, well, Landau actually went on to join Bruce and help him finish his new album called Born to Run (laughs) and became, uh, eventually became, his manager and producer. So uh, on to Born to Run. Um, you, you guys are familiar with that song, right? Yeah, we play it. I, may I was, was going to say, I, I, think I've heard, heard uh, I think I've heard uh, Wind Up Monkey play that I th- on a couple of occasions. Is that middle part hard to play the, you know, the uh, on bass, Mike? You know which part I'm talking about? Hmm. The, the bass no, prominent I, part, you mean? <laughs> I, I don't know that it's... No, I, I don't think so. All right. It's, it's fun, but I mean, I don't know that it's... Difficult. Um, thing. It's uh, yeah, right. on a high level of difficulty, though. No. Gotcha. Well, well, things were getting difficult for Springsteen because, like, remember I told you those first two albums came out in the same year. Well, this next album, Born to Run, took 14 months to record because... Um, 
Springsteen had a, a sound stuck in his head and he couldn't get it out and he couldn't you know, put, you know like uh, communicate it to the producer to his his uh, bandmates so what what wound up happening was during uh, the recording of the song 10th Avenue Freeze Out mm-hmm. uh, the musician Steve Van Zant uh, ever hear of him yep Sopranos there we go. S- S- Silvio Dante from, from The Sopranos. <laughs> he, uh, he sat a row in front of me at a Ringo Starr concert. Oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. I knew uh, that. <laughs> the, uh, Mayo, yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. You, you, uh, Mr. Steve Van Zandt, he is a very cool dude. Very, he's, he's a real music historian and into um, many uh, genres of music. And, well... He he was he wasn't necessarily part of the E Street band yet, but they they brought in Steve Van Zandt and he was asked by Springsteen and uh, John Landau to take a charge during this song and instruct the horn players because Steve Van Zandt he was actually doing some music with Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, oh. and they had a prominent horn section. So Bruce was you know, kind of communicated to uh, Steve what he wanted to hear. And then Steve Van Zandt sang the horn part to each player with the timing and the inflection all perfect. And the musicians played their parts. The horns were recorded. And, yeah, you kind of got that sound that Springsteen's a little more known for. So uh, when they were finished, uh, Springsteen turned to his manager at the time, Mike Appel, and said, Okay, it's time to put the boy on the payroll. I've been meaning to tell you he, he he's the new guitar player. <laughs> so that is when Steve Van Zandt uh, formally joined the E Street Band. And uh, a week later, uh, July twentieth, uh, the opening of um, the uh, the Born to Run tour, he actually started uh, going on tour with uh, E Street and uh, Springsteen. He also. Uh, Mr. Stephen Van Sant, he helped Springsteen perfect um, that Born to Run song by adding that memorable guitar line. <laughs> that, you know, that that kind of like, bum, 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 bum. Well, well I was going to say you guys definitely know that one because you guys play it. Yep. But, um, yeah, th- that one actually came from Steve Van Sant. And Springsteen called uh, Steve's input on that track or, uh, on Born to Run, arguably Steve's greatest contribution to my music. Although, you know, as, as we know throughout the years, he had uh, a lot of effect on, uh, on um, Bruce's uh, music as being part of the E Street Band. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they started actually a uh, five-night, ten-show uh, stand at the bottom line over in New York, and uh, it attracted major, major media attention and was broadcast live on uh, WNEW. Do you, do you remember that uh, radio station? Was that 102.7? 102.7 WNEW. With DJs like Scott Muni. Yeah. yeah. They actually played some like good rock tunes on 102.7. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, th- 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 this is when uh, Br- Bruce got his, uh, um, not notoriety, but you know, like his exposure <laughs> through NEW and this live broadcast of 
his uh, concert from the bottom line. So decades later, Rolling Stone actually would call that stand as one of the 50 moments that changed rock and roll. Hmm. And, uh, and Born to Run became the album that kind of became the breakthrough album that catapulted Springsteen to worldwide fame. But it only reached a modest 23 on the Billboard charts. Wow, surprising. Yeah. Well, uh, I should say the single Born to Run reached 23. But the album peaked at number three. Okay. But yeah, Born to Run had some other uh, big songs, like I said, 10th Avenue Freeze Out, Thunder Road, and Jungle Land, all basically perennial favorites on many classic rock stations. You know, when you turn it on, yeah, chances are you might hear one of them. Like, especially if they, they say, you know, Springsteen's coming up. It, you know, Roll the Dice, probably one of those songs. Right. Um, now, he, he, Bruce wasn't into uh, the publicity you know, that was coming from all this. And in fact, like on tour, they actually did a, a tour in London and he actually was tearing down some of the promotional posters before some of the concert appearances. Mm-hmm. Again, g- going back to his, you know, a little bit of a loner uh, type of thing. But um, what happened next was actually there was a legal battle with that manager, Mike Appel in 77. And because of that legal battle, it kind of delayed Springsteen returning to the studio. Uh, but they wound up settling in 77 and Bruce went back and produced Darkness on the Edge of Town. Um, now, w- some of the songs that were on Born to Run were more upbeat, you know, sort of like not party, but, you know, that real you know, get you up out of your seat. But Darkness on the Edge of Town was a little more somber than his uh, previous work. But it started gearing Bruce towards that um, more intellectual songwriting and actually more of the political awareness that we know Springsteen uh, uh, to uh, have. But the tour accompanying Darkness on the Edge of Town actually became legendary for for the length and the intensity of those shows. And uh, some of the uh, songs from that uh, album were Badlands and uh, Candy's Room and Prove It All Night. So now you guys, like I said, okay, I know you guys play Born to Run. How familiar are you with like some of Springsteen's other songs? I'm just curious. For me, it's more of like the hits, you know, because um, like in the previous band, I was in the hype, like we used to do Glory Days and on, but I know like Prove It All Night, the the ones, you know, that that tend to appear on the radio, something like a, you know, one of my favorite Bruce tracks actually is uh, something that I mean, I, I'm sure he probably plays at shows, but you know, not one of the more better known ones. Um, um, what do you call it? Um, Secret Garden, I think it's called. Um, and oh, I forgot okay. one of his later, you know, singles, yeah. are, you know, that he put out. So, yeah. What What about you, Mike? Uh, I'm a UPD. I I don't know much about his catalog. I'll be honest with you. It yeah. Well, really like it was never a style that didn't never. Really, yeah. It wasn't really a style I took to, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you recognize yeah. like, the singles, like the hits when they come of on. Of course. Of course. You know, like, absolutely. USA, you know what I mean? Like that. That's, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what I claim ignorance on, you know, like I said, I'm, I have friends that are huge, gigantic Bruce fans. And I'll say this, I mean, you know, 
uh, Nick, I don't know if you were going to delve into this like later on in the show, but like I, I, I really didn't come around to um, seeing how incredible of an, of an artist and a musician that Bruce was until you and I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert in Ohio. Yep. yep. And I opened concert. You know, I've heard at least um, multiple, multiple times from others that they weren't Bruce fans until they saw him live. Yep. Um, I'm gonna say fans. I mean, like, look, I didn't mm-hmm. go out and like buy his catalog, but boy, did I gain a whole new appreciation for him for his showmanship. I mean, and just, I, I mean, he just commanded that audience more so than a lot of other, yeah, the majority. I mean, not the majority, but you know, a lot of other artists that were there that day, and they were. You know, big, big acts. Um, oh, yeah. Just, Historical you know, acts, really. <laughs> what yeah. do you think about it? You know, he completely owned them. I mean, it was it was remarkable, the, the show that I saw. Yeah, I, least, I, 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 I'm a hundred percent with you, Pete. Because yeah. before that, yeah, I, I, I knew the Bruce hits. I, I knew some of the other songs, but I wasn't like, oh, you know, I gotta go, you know, like get tickets to the next Bruce concert and that. But I knew about those shows. You know, some of you know, like again, the the length, the intensity, that you know, the storytelling that he would do. But until we experienced it, it, it yeah, it was just. Didn't know. It, it, it was just, you know, like, un, you know, a, a complete uh, new sensation. Um, you know, no, no, uh, no, no pun there with the NXS. But uh, um, what, what, like- when we actually saw him live yeah. uh, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I've, I've actually seen him um, also. Uh, he's also legendary for springing up at other uh, people's uh, shows, too. Like, uh, you know, surprise special guest. Have have you ever been to any concert with a Bruce surprise special guesting? Um, boy, is this a trick question? No, I, it's I just no, it's just an actual outright question. <laughs> have, have either of you guys ever been to a like Jersey concert and a, a, a certain kid from Freehold uh, comes up on the stage? I I haven't, but I was down in Asbury Park in January with my brother for for the night and. I guess there was some Asbury Park Music Festival. It's a day. It's a weekend. I don't really know. And he mm-hmm. he showed up and played at the con- at the convention center. I forget who was playing. And the rumor was that we had some inside information was that he was going to be playing across the street at the Wonder Bar later that night. So we oh got there God. and just kind of waited and waited and waited. And then he never showed up. <laughs> so ah. <that's> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know the Wonder Bar well as well. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so, yep. so, small, small joint, but... uh. Yeah. I've never been in there. I've always have wanted to go. I passed it. I mean, I go to Asbury Park a lot, and um, I, I pass that place. I mean, every single time I, I park right near it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and and it's it's like what uh, Mike was saying. It's 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 not very far from the uh, convention center there. Like basically right across the street, mm-hmm. <laughs> across the street, slightly diagonally. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, uh, Springsteen also started getting known I, I was talking about his songwriting he also actually wrote songs that actually got released by other bands or recovered by other bands such as do you remember blinded by the light by manford man's earth band yeah which sure actually did. actually <laughs> hit number one in uh 77 um i think that i think this one's actually uh a, a, an artist that you like uh pete patty smith yes i love patty smith Patty Smith reached number 13 with her take on Bruce's Because of the Night. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, when she released it, Springsteen hadn't released it yet. <laughs> oh, no. he, had, he had already written it and I guess gave her access to the song and her version came out first. Get <laughs> out. Wow. He, he also um, gave the Pointer Sisters um, their number two hit in 79, Fire. I think I know that one. Yep. Yeah, it, it, he went on to actually do some other uh, uh, some other songs, other artists, and some of the songs that he wound up keeping himself to <laughs> wound up being bigger and like, you know, that, that were supposed to go to other artists, such as... Um, D- Donna Summer was actually supposed to get Cover Me. Huh. But um, Bruce wound up keeping it on his album. And, well, yeah, that, that kind of became a hit there. But, uh, you know, as I, I said, you know, Bruce also, his uh, political stances and, you know, like leanings, you, you uh, started seeing like uh, when they did like the, the No Nukes uh, live album and uh, festival. Um, uh, what, what was I going to say? Um those were the first official recordings and uh, uh, footage of Springsteen's, you know, famous live act. That was the first time people actually got to see that hadn't seen him already in concert. So uh, he he actually then came out with The River in 80 and uh, had some uh, hits on there, such as like uh, Hungry Heart. And also uh, the river and uh, Sherry Darling and Point Blank, as we were talking about earlier, the Point Blank uh, podcast uh, with John Ross uh, on the Shared Universe uh, Network. Well, the song that they play at the end is Bruce Springsteen, Point Blank. Then things got interesting. The next album was The River. I'm sorry. uh, I said The River. Okay. The, The next album was Nebraska. Now, Nebraska was a very somber and totally acoustic album. Where, where was the E Street Band? Well, what happened was he actually did demo tapes. He wound up um, bringing it to the band, and they started doing the electrified versions of some of these songs. And he and his manager decided um, that, you know what? These songs, they really need more the acoustic treatment. So they went with the demo versions and Nebraska is the demo versions of some of these songs, but the electrified or the, uh, uh, the electric Nebraska sessions went on to more his next album, which was called born in the USA. Oh, there you go. Probably the biggest album sales yet. I would think. Yes. Yeah. Born in the USA actually, was comprised mainly of the electric Nebraska sessions, yeah. include, including some of the songs like Born in the USA, Cover Me, I'm on Fire, Glory Days. Um, th- those all came from <laughs> Nebraska, but yeah. wound up not going on the Nebraska in acoustic format, but were saved for the next album. But yeah, like you said, Pete, his biggest album, Born in the USA, Sold 15 million copies in the U.S., 30 million worldwide, and what became one of the best-selling albums of all time with seven singles hitting top ten. Wow. Um, now, you know, like some of the the uh, lyrics again, Bruce is known for his lyrics. 
uh, people kind of misconstrue uh, some of the lyrics there. And uh, such as Born in the USA. Do you know what that's about, Pete? No, I, I don't think I do. How about, how about you, Mike? You've heard you know, that I, song. I, I've, a million times. I don't know. I've, I've paid yep. in, you know, intimate enough attention to the lyrics, to be honest well, with you. Well, that was the problem at the time. A lot of people didn't do. They they just heard this like anthemic, you know, music playing. It's like, yeah, um, it was it was about the mistreatment of uh, Vietnam veterans, <laughs> but people weren't paying attention to the lyrics. They were just really paying attention to, oh yeah, that's a great sound. Uh, USA, yes, I was born in the USA. It's like, guys, you really have to listen to the song. Boy. Yeah, and this went on with with other songs in Bruce's catalog as well, but that was probably the biggest one that was uh, misunderstood. Um, the 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 video for "Dancing in the Dark" uh, gave us a a, a particular actress. Also, uh, do, do you know who that was, uh, Mike? Uh, um, wait, don't tell. Uh, uh, Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. Yep. Oh, her, yeah. dancing, her dancing on stage with Springsteen for the uh, Dance in the Dark video helped start her career in, in acting. Yeah, really, I remember yeah. really short hair in that video when he, yep. when he <clears throat> brought her up on stage, yeah. Yep. And, yeah, so, again, Born in the USA, one of the biggest albums, one of the biggest... Um, yeah, it, it actually got huge airplay in the UK also at the time. And because of that, from June 15th to August 10th, 1985, all seven of Bruce's albums appeared on the UK Albums Chart, the first time an artist ever charted their entire back catalog simultaneously. Huh. Because in, in Britain, they may, may not have been as familiar with this uh, Springsteen character. So, yeah, he, he started getting some notoriety. He was um, brought in on the sessions for, everyone remembers that, 1985 uh thing uh we are the world yep well the uh another one of the tracks from the we are the world album was trapped from springsteen and actually reached number one on the billboard tra uh tracks then uh bruce went on to d do his live 75 to 85 uh box set it was five records and uh that was at the like end of 86 it was the first box set to debut at number one on the album charts. Oh, wow. And is one of the best-selling box sets to date. So we're, we're going to speed through uh, here some of the rest of uh, Bruce's career because, you know, th th there's a lot of good stuff. There's many things like um, his concert in East Germany that attracted 300,000 spectators that – People, you know, like, again, we're, we're very familiar with the falling of the wall in uh, in East Germany, right? Oh, that happened? Yeah, 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 that, that wow. happened. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they thought they were still, uh, thought it was still up. I, yeah. Well, and, and a lot of, you know, and a lot of credit, you know, people will give to, you know, uh, to the president, Ronald Reagan, saying, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. But they say, actually... One of the other big factors was this Springsteen concert that was um, uh, conceived by the Socialist Unity Party youth wing to basically placate the youth of East Germany who were, you know, like basically wanted to hear more Western music. 
And once they heard it, um, yeah, their their appetites uh, <laughs> grew and their ideas grew. And you know, if you listen to a lot of the lyrics of Bruce's songs, people think that that may have also helped contribute to the fall of the Berlin Wall. Huh. That's some interesting info right there. Yeah. Um, again, he also uh, did things like the Amnesty International Tour. But in, in 89, he actually dissolved the E Street Band. And people uh, in the early 90s accused him of going Hollywood. Um, he, he, he moved to L.A. and he put out a couple of albums, Human Touch and Lucky Town. And he even did a uh, an, an electric appearance on the MTV Unplugged that people didn't really like that music. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and actually, in 99, he was inducted into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame during his uh, induction speech. Uh, induction speech. He speaks humorously about that time uh, the, what, what, when, uh, yeah, he, 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 he kind of wants to forget the 90s. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even remember that period. Um, yeah. You know, he wasn't a, as much in the spotlight anymore. You know, he no. sort of faded a bit. And yeah. the album sales, I think, too, were, you know, um, down and any of his releases weren't greeted with like, you know, the same fanfare that he had back uh, with Born in the USA. That's right. And as you brought up, Pete, um, 94, though, he did, though, sing the song Streets of Philadelphia for the movie Philadelphia right. and won an Academy Award for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there were some good things for Bruce in the 90s. Uh, in 95, he uh, temporarily reorganized the E Street Band for a few songs for a Greatest Hits album. And uh, he, he then released his second folk album, The Ghost of Tom Joad. And it was a little less well-received than Nebraska and, you know, with, with those, you know, all acoustic, minimal melody. So, again, going to the 90s, eh, not so, uh, so great. So following uh, his uh, tour for that, he moved back to New Jersey and... Uh, released a box uh, set of outtakes called Tracks and then started actually reuniting with the E Street Band uh, going on tour with uh, Tracks, including headlining a record sold out 15 show run at the uh, Continental Airlines Arena, which we spoke about a few uh, episodes ago in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and a 10 night sold out engagement at Madison Square Garden. So, in 2002, he actually released, released his first studio effort with the full band in 18 years with The Rising, which actually was his, one of his most successful um, albums since the 80s, so, you know, s- since the Board in the USA days. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, it was, uh, the album was actually a reflection of the September 11th attacks and it was a critical and popular success. And um, it gained airplay in many radio formats at the time. And it was his best-selling album in 15 years. So he, uh, on this uh, tour, he played an unprecedented 10 nights in Giant Stadium now sold out. Hmm. So the guy could sell out uh, the stadiums, couldn't he? Yeah. He and he, yeah, yeah, to this day, still hmm. a... Uh, is it still one of the top acts when it comes to uh, live uh, 
live music. Mm-hmm. Yep. Went on to actually win uh, Grammys uh, for The Rising. And um, in 2004, participated in the Vote for Change tour with John Mellencamp, Fogarty, The Dixie Chicks, Pearl Jam, R.E.M., Bright Eyes, Dave Matthews, Jackson Brown, and some other musicians. Now, but before I was saying about him uh, joining, uh, you know, uh, ma- making up appearances at concerts. Oh, one of the ones uh, mentioned. I actually went years ago with my mother to uh, see John Fogarty and and Willie Nelson at the Art Center. Hmm. And um, yeah, Fogarty all of a sudden says, "Like I found this guy uh, backstage." Some some kid from Freehold. Do you mind if he plays with us the next song? And yeah, of course it was Springsteen. Hmm. And they they wound up. Uh, I believe they wound up uh, jamming Jambalaya. Nice. So he he actually wound up uh, putting out some more albums such as Devils and Dust. Um, uh, we shall overcome. We shall overcome the Seeger sessions. Um, on the music of Pete Seeger, mm-hmm. not Bob Seeger. Don't no. don't get him confused. Um, then he uh, put out one called Magic. Uh, uh, he also put out a t- a 10 new songs called The Long Walk Home, f- performed with uh, his Sessions band. And a, the first time he had a hidden track called Terry Song, uh, a tribute to his longtime assistant who died in 2007. Unfortunately, in 2007, uh, E Street member Denny uh, Federici, uh, took a leave of absence from uh, the tour because he was being treated for melanoma. And he returned to play with the band on March 20th, 2008 uh, at a um, performance in Indianapolis. But less than a month later, April 17th, 2008, um, unfortunately succumbed to cancer. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I know. Unfortunately, Bruce has lost actually a couple of uh, members of the E Street Band. As we also know, um, in 2011, uh, the big man, Clarence Clemens, the saxophonist for the E Street Band, also died. Complications from a stroke. Mm-hmm. Now his son um, fills in for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Clarence Clemens's son actually is part of the E Street Band now. Yeah. Um, in 2009, uh, Bruce received the Kennedy Center Honors. And uh, uh, let's see. And in the 2000s, uh, Springsteen was named for the 2000s, I should say. He was named one of the eight artists of the decade by Rolling Stone. And his tours ranked him fourth among artists in total concert grosses for the whole decade. He then uh, came out with the album Wrecking Ball in 2012, which was his... Tenth number one album in the United States, tying him with that kid he saw on um, the uh, Ed Sullivan show, Elvis Presley, for the third most number one albums of all time. A uh, couple years later, uh, Bruce uh, came out with an album, High Hopes, which became his eleventh number one album in the U.S., passing Elvis. So he stands alone at number three in U.S. Um, new, number one albums. Do you want to take a guess at who number one and number two are? Number one albums in the United States. The most number one albums? Yes. Hmm. Is it Mariah Carey? I know it's like a... Nope. You, you want to take a, a shot there, Mike? 
Uh, I mean, I'll throw out the Beatles as an obvious guess. And there you go. The Beatles, number one, 19 albums at number one. I didn't think it was going to be that obvious. Right. But number two, want to take another shot, Pete? Um, another shot. What was it? Mariah Carey? <laughs> nope. nope not Mariah. Not with me. She didn't have enough records. It's got to be a large catalog, doesn't it? Of albums? Yeah, of course. Large catalog. You have a guess, Pete? I said the Rolling Stones, but I know it's not right. Nope, nope. How about you, Mike? You too. Nope. Um, the, the, the number two of number one albums. Okay, wait, that doesn't sound right. The number two of number one albums. Uh, the person who stands at number two of having the uh, most number one albums in the United States is actually Jay-Z with 12. Hmm. All right, I would not have guessed that. No, I, I, I would not have guessed that. But Jay Z actually has twelve number one albums. Poor so, Dr. what's that? The poor Dr. Dre. Oh yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't don't forget about Dre. Um, <laughs> well, Springsteen has also uh, gotten into uh, the acting and directing uh, end of things. Also, uh, he was in. Uh, he he made his acting debut on Stephen Van Zandt's show Lilyhammer in season three. Oh God, I've never seen that. <laughs> and um, he actually, uh, I got to find it. He actually, uh, there was a live um, concert that Springsteen uh, turned into a um, a movie. And I can't find it. Uh, it's out here somewhere. Uh, uh, let's see. Was it Western Stars? Yes. Western Stars, which pre premiered at the Toronto Film Festival last year. And Springsteen co-directed that. Hmm. So so he, he, here he is. You know, he, he's an Academy Award winner already. And now he's getting into, you know, directing. And he's, you know, getting into acting on Lilyhammer. So what's left? Well, how about uh, having a uh, best-selling autobiography? And how about going Broadway? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Bruce Springsteen had an eight-week run at the Walter, Kerr, uh, Walter Kerr Theater on Broadway in New York City. Um. It, it, it was Springsteen reading excerpts from his autobiography and performing uh, and other spoken reminiscence. That's actually on Netflix, too. I watched it. Mm -hmm. It was good. And he, for that, he won a Tony Award. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a Tony. Uh, there you go. There's a Tony. There's a Tony, and it wasn't Soprano. Okay. That, 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 that was set for Silvio, for, for, for uh, Stephen Van Zandt. Nice. So uh, I'm going to jump into some uh, very recent things very qu uh, quickly. Um, on uh, April 22nd of this year, he and his wife, Patty Scialfa, yeah. they performed on the Jersey for Jersey benefit for the COVID-19 relief for the state of New Jersey. Did I you guys catch that. that? Yeah, I watched it. H how about you, Mike? I did not. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was excellent. Actually, like uh, Springsteen's one, and I think actually the other one that uh, hit me hard was uh, was it 
the Stones performed too. Oh no, that was the Jersey for Jersey. I'm confused. No, Jersey for Jersey. No, I saw the Jersey for Jersey because Bon Jovi performed. Yep, Bon um, Jovi. And Fountain uh, for Wayne. Yes, right. Fountains yes, of Wayne do, do, right. doing Hackensack. Mm-hmm. And Halsey, too, was on that. She was really good. Yeah. She's from Jersey as well. And um, May, <laughs> May 29th of this year. Oh, wait, that was two days ago. You know, Springsteen appeared remotely during a live stream, no audience concert by the Dropkick Murphys at Fenway Park. Hmm. Dropkick Murphys actually had a no audience concert at Fenway Park, uh, benefit show, um, and Springsteen came uh, live via satellite to perform actually two songs with the band. So even a pandemic can't stop Bruce, you know, guesting uh, like on people's uh, uh, people in concert. And Springsteen has sold more than 135 million records worldwide and 64 million records in the United States, making him one of the world's best-selling artists. So, what, what did we learn today? We learned that Bruce is the man. Bruce is the boss. <laughs> um, you, you know what we also learned? We learned it's time to play Jersey, not Jersey. This is our final segment, Mr. Donnelly. You're going to okay. like it. I am going to give you the names of musicians, bands, actually. They are either from New Jersey or they are not. Is this, is this round robin or is this uh, reserved only for your special guests? It's played every you guys both. Time. You guys both know the answers to this? or is... No. Okay. I, no well, I, I do not. Pete, Pete has compiled the list. Pete, yeah. Pete, Pete knows okay. all. All right. I, I know the answers, yeah. He is the all-knowing. I'll see. Jersey, Jersey or not Jersey. All right. All right. Let's start off. Paul Simon. Is he from New Jersey or he is not from New Jersey? I'm going to say yes. Nick? And I think and I'm going to say, I'm gonna say it's a trick question and also yes. Because I know he's he's synonymous with New York, but yeah. I think he's originally from Jersey. I think he's from Newark. Yeah. Wow. Mike Donnelly. Bingo. Betty <laughs> Fall. Yes. He is from Newark, New Jersey. Let's move on to uh, Glenn Danzig's original outfit, the Misfits. Most certainly. Everyone knows those T-shirts with that uh, grinning skull, Grim Reaper, whatever you want to call it. Are mm-hmm. the Misfits. Happy skull. From New Jersey. From Lodi, I'm going to say yes. God dang it. The, Correct. This, this guy in the bottom <laughs> of the screen, man. <laughs> can't take him anywhere. He, he, hey, mother, tell your children not to walk my way. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about Donna Summer? Jersey, not Jersey. Donna Summer. Again, Springsteen wrote a song that was supposed to go to her. Mm -hmm. Huh. I will survive survive this this question. Um, (laughs) Good one. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes again. I'm actually going to say no. I, I think Pete's trying to trick us. Well... In this case, Nick Franco, you are the winner because she popped Donna Sum is from Boston. From, hmm. Oh, okay. I, I, I would not know that. Uh, how about Gloria Gaynor? 
I will survive glory, gain, or fame. <laughs> Which Mike just uh, <laughs> referenced. See, oh, you know what? I got them confused. I know she's from Jersey. That's the – all right, I suck. Yes, I, I'm saying I, yes. I got the wrong person with my stupid pun. All right. Okay. Yes. I, I'm, I'm going to go with Mike on this one. Well, there, yeah. was the, there was the gimme, yes. Glory yeah. Gaynor is from – she's from Newark also, in fact. But So who was the last one? Who was the one before her? Donna Summer. Ah. All right. Got I'll it. I'll two more. All right. New edition. Remember them? Cool it now. Is that was that right? Cool it now was their big song. Or you don't even know who New Edition are. Bobby Brown. <laughs> yep. Yes. 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 And then then they became boys to men. <laughs> Did they? Oh yeah. 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 Oh, Thanks for that musical history. Yeah. Uh, that's a no for me, dog. Yeah, I'm I'm saying no on the uh, New Edition. All right, Randy. I say no edition. <laughs> they are both correct. They are both from Boston. Both. What am I talking about? They're from the band is from Boston. <laughs> they are both. <laughs> All right. Both of new edition. One final one here. Okay. The final countdown. We are going to do the Fugees. Now, what was their singer's name again, Nick? You know. Um, well, well you, you had Wyclef Chan. You had yeah. uh, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. That's who I was thinking. Yeah. Are they from Jersey? Not from Jersey. I don't know, Pete. You're you're killing me softly with this one. Mike, any guess? That's an absolutely yes from me, Pete. The answer yeah. is yes. South Orange, New Jersey, in fact. Nice. Sweet. Nice. Let me, I, I'm going to close off uh, before we say goodbye. Uh, do you want to know my run-in with uh, near miss with Bruce? Yeah. So our band, The Hype, we played this place called Woody's Roadside Tavern. It's a real uh, fine establishment. It's in Farmingdale, New Jersey. And every, you know, not every week, but like, you know, quite often they would tell us, hey, you know, Bruce pops in here from time to time. And um, so, you know, we, 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 and we had Glory Days was in our set list. So it turns out, you know, we did our whatever little uh, dog and pony show there. And, um, uh, on Thursday, all of a sudden, all the local newspapers, uh, Bruce popped in for a show with the band that was there that night. So like, we missed him by about a week. And then we, oh. and we did um, Mustang Sally. He did a cover with the band, with the cover band that was there that night. That was uh, 2010, in fact. Wow. Yeah. Can, can, can you imagine if actually, you know, you're, you're, you're playing, oh, man, especially yeah. if you're playing a Bruce song, and then all of a sudden it's like, uh, hey, guys, can I, can I join yeah. in? Yeah. <laughs> No question, I would have approached him and said, "Hey, do you want to sit in? Sit in. Hey, do you want to sit in?" <laughs> like, stupid cover band. You know, tell the glory days. Would you like to sit in to this song you wrote? And then, when, yeah. and then when, he, when he was done, I'd be like, "No, maybe someday I can kind of you know sit in on one of your gigs." Or I would just. <laughs> I would have let him sing it, and halfway through his uh, through the song, I would like rip the mic out of it, you know, from his face, and then sang the rest of it. <laughs> yeah that would have gone over nice yeah well anyway again, th 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 this is just the beginnings of jersey music again as we went over at the beginning there is much much more <laughs> such as the artists that we covered in jersey not jersey uh -huh. and you know like at, at different times we'd like to actually go on and and cover some of them so so, so tune in, you know, like at, at, at some other point, we will continue this uh, Jersey music discussion. Yeah, we can revisit. And, 
in, in fact, may, maybe we'll uh, ask a certain person at a, a shared universe also to uh, join us. Definitely. And we got an IPA episode we want to work on, right? That's all. Well, that's oh uh, yes. Sure. Well, IPA j- j- just Jersey breweries in general. I think uh, we should uh, yes. definitely do something. Perfect. Can we drink on the air during that episode? Oh yes. Good. Right, what do you think about that, Mark? Ah, uh, that makes me a little uncomfortable. Okay. Good. Yeah. As long as during, you know, if it's during the, um, you know, pandemic here, you know, we, we can order stuff from the breweries and as long as we drink alone, yeah. With nobody else, you know, as long as we drink alone, we, you know, we prefer to be by ourselves. So, nice. um, sorry, that was Thurgood, not from Jersey, from Delaware. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Rumor has it. Pete was doing some serious social distance violation last evening. So, <laughs> Oh, bad Pete, bad Pete. Just uh, to do a search on Facebook, you might find something. Uh oh. Well, <laughs> now we know again. We know how the the chair behind him got on its side. It was. Uh oh. Uh oh. That's a story for another podcast. That's a nice <laughs> but oh, what I'd like to do, uh, Mike, thank you, thank you for yeah, being on our you. pod today. Uh, ho- ho- hope you learned yourself something uh, on uh, uh, on Mr. Springsteen, and you know a little bit about Jersey music. He's going to write a book on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's all up here now. All there. Nice. 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 Yeah. Thank you. And um, now, if, if you like our show, please, you know, uh, write in. We're at uh, what exit podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Facebook page and uh, go to Twitter at exit what? I, again, I apologize. That's what they gave me. So, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, for what exit Jersey stories. I've been Nick Franco. I'm Pete Riario. And with and us our- today, Mike D. Mike Thank D. you, Mike D. <laughs> Peace, everyone. Be safe. Take care.